When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And this week on the podcast, we are for, it's uh, Christmas month, I guess, I don't know if we came up with a name for it. <laughs> it's, we're doing Christmas movies all month and uh, this, this week we are covering uh, the 2020 uh, movie Happiest Season. Everybody, Happiest Season. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. And we are uh, very lucky to have a fantastic guest with us uh, this week. Um, they are an international touring stand-up comedian. So funny. Uh, and you can see them at the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington this weekend as this show is coming out. And you can also catch them monthly on their online show, Deanne Smith and Friends. It's our friend, Deanne <laughs> Smith. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I just want to clarify the online show is called Deanne Smith and Acquaintances because oh. truth in advertising. <laughs> so we just upgraded <laughs> ourselves. We're like, yeah, we're the friends though. Yeah. No, no, you guys are the friends, and I and I do consider myself a friend of the podcast. So here we are. Oh, jeez. You I think I that. would have checked that before we started the ah, show. You know. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're doing uh, A Happiest Season, which came out last year. This is not a, a you know an ageless Christmas classic. This is a new one. But uh, whenever we do have a guest on DM, we always like to ask them, what is your relationship to this movie? Okay. Interestingly, Craig, um, <laughs> you invited me on the podcast because you said you saw me tweeting about it last year. Yes. Um, and I watched it I, last year. I definitely watched it like the day it came out, which I think was Thanksgiving. Right? Okay. It was a it was a huge event in the in the lesbian community <laughs> uh, that that we should have a movie on Hulu. Um, and I actually podcasted about this movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of the other podcast. So like we went into it. So oh, I, I'm on I'm on record about this movie somewhere, and um, it would be interesting <laughs> to see have my thoughts changed in a year or have they remained horrifyingly consistent. Um, <laughs> so I've seen I've seen the movie at least three times because I saw it twice last year wow. and uh, watched watched it again last night. And there was tons of scenes and stuff that I had kind of forgotten about. So that. That is my relationship to the movie. It came out last year, and I've already seen it three times, yeah. which for me is a lot. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And I, I think I, for me, I saw it last year, and it was definitely December. Like, it was in the depths of the, uh, <laughs> like, our second lockdown here in Canada. And, uh, yeah, I just remember being like, oh, this would have been good for the podcast, but we've already scheduled everything. <laughs> and you can't do a Christmas movie in January, you know? You can't do that. Well, you can, but people are mad. Yeah. <laughs> They're very upset. Yeah. Very confused. Very yeah, no, confused. this was my first time watching this oh, movie. Yeah? Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, I would say. I mean, this was probably my favorite, like, recent rom-com since, like, Always Be My Maybe. I was like, oh, okay, like, this is very charming. I can get into these characters for once. Like, this isn't all just surface bullshit. Yeah, there's some, oh, and there's this some. This is like, great. We this means we had stuff to talk about, Rebecca. <laughs> I you think it's surface bullshit? Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe I'm just emotional right now. I watched this last night. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god! Like I was just, I was in. But that might also just speak to my emotional state currently. No, listen, and I want you to have all the joy you can rest out of this miserable life. So I'm not trying to ruin anything you've enjoyed, but <laughs> these guys are laughing. But oh. what I, what the, the part I disagree with you with is you're like, I can get into these characters because, you know what, I don't know the name of the actress, but whoever's not Kristen Stewart. Mackenzie, oh Mackenzie Davis. God. Mackenzie Davis, listen, you were fine in San Junipero, but that's probably because you were playing like an avatar in an unreal world. <laughs> I, 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 I can't handle, I can't handle that character at all. And I, I, I was talking it through with my girlfriend, who's an actor. I'm like, is she just a horrible actress, or what is happening here? Like, why does she always look so blank and like an alien that just landed on the planet that's like tr <laughs> trying to understand human emotion? Um, and and. 
My girlfriend thinks it's possibly the direction. So I don't want to like, listen, I don't know about acting and Mackenzie Davis already did like, you know, a hundred times better than I would have done in this role. But I still think she was really miscast. Like, um, ugh, I just, I can't, I can't buy their relationship at all. And I can't buy yeah. almost any scene that she does, to Fair be honest. Enough. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that. There's definitely some missteps, I think, that this movie takes. And before we get too far into Happiest Season, I just want to thank uh, our sponsor for today's episode, uh, which is Mel Science. Mel Science, Rebecca, you know I like science. Signs me, Craig. Yeah, I know it. absolutely. And, not not only can I science you now, but uh, you can science with your kids. Uh, that's that's what Mel Science is all about. It's a monthly subscription box uh, where they send you science experiments in the mail. Uh, you get them, and you can do these really cool experiments at home. Um, and this, they also incorporate uh, virtual reality and uh, augmented reality. Uh, which is uh, really neat and cool. You can get to do all kinds of really fun experiments like this. These look awesome. Even the sugar snake. I'm like, I want to do these. I just want to sit in my house and do these by myself. I don't even care. (laughs) They look fun. They look super fun. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I was able to do them uh, with my niece's nephew, and uh, they loved them. They, they, uh, the kids just like gravitate to this sort of thing. Like when you make science like fun and interesting and something that you can do hands on. Um, they, they just come alive and they, they figure things out and they, they have questions and all the rest. It's, it's really, really cool. And like, it kind of doesn't matter what age they are. Oh yeah. We've got, uh, they've got different categories for different, uh, and different themes. We've got Mel kids for five plus Mel physics for eight plus or, uh, Mel chemistry for 10 plus. So you can kind of hit it at any age group you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's super fun. I love this uh, sponsor. Um, so if you're interested in getting a Mel kit uh, for you or uh, you know, for a kid, maybe even, which they're intended for, uh, you can do that. <laughs> uh, you can get it. Uh, so use the promo code VILLAIN or follow the link in the description for 50% discount on your first month of any Mel Science subscription. That's 50% off the first month of any subscription with code VILLAIN. So move fast because this offer will only be active for one month. Thank you very much, Mel Science, for sponsoring the podcast. And now back to Happiest Season. If you haven't seen this movie, did you want to take this, Rebecca? Or? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, so if you haven't seen this movie, basically we have uh, we have Abby and Harper, and they've been in a loving relationship together. Um, and, you know, they have an evening together. They get swept up in the moment, and Harper's like, come home with me for Christmas, which we immediately see as the audience the next morning. She did, she did not want to do that. Uh, she immediately start, tries to start, like, backing this up. But, you know, Abby's in. She doesn't really get into Christmas. Her parents had died. They used to celebrate Christmas, like, in a really big way. She just hasn't gotten on board with it again. Um, So she's like, yeah, I'm going to go. We get in the car. (laughs) In the car. And this is a very important point, okay? And this is kind of where I want to circle around uh, quite a bit. In the car, Harper tells Abby, like, oh, by the way, um, my parents don't know I'm a lesbian. (laughs) And uh, they don't know about you. And I told them you're my roommate. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the car. <laughs> and I, I will also just interject here. Abby uh, has thinking about proposing marriage Oh, yes, at this yes, point. yes, yes, so yes. This yes. Is- Very important. Very, yeah, like <laughs> she's in. Okay. Yeah. she's at, Abby's in 100%. Shows up. It's, of course, super uncomfortable because you're like, don't be yourself. And it's like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to hide every instinct I have. This is crazy. Um, The father is running for mayor, which apparently means that your family gets put under a microscope for some strange reason in this city slash town. I like that is the weirdest plot. That made me. I love that. Anyway, uh, because I was like, who who is this? So they the entire family has this feeling of like, oh, we have to be perfect and we have to present in certain ways. So Harper keeps burying it, even though she's like going down to Abby's room in the middle. I'm like, we're playing a dangerous game. She's playing really fast and loose with this whole situation, right? And then uh, essentially, like, Abby, there's, you know, these rom-com miscommunications, like, um, Abby, or sorry, Harper's sister's children put a necklace in Abby's bag. They think she's a thief. 
all that kind of stuff. And then it gets to a to basically a breaking point because she obviously it's like, I, I I don't feel any love here. It's Christmas. <laughs> you won't tell your parents I'm gonna go. There's a big blowout. They ruin a beautiful painting. Oh yeah, a yeah, beautiful yeah. We'll, painting. And we'll get into sorry. Yeah. Just also, I, listen. I know we're not going beat by beat, but please don't forget Harper's ex because it's mm. important that she has a track record. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh okay. You've made it. yes. You've made a I'm wonderful gonna point dig, here. I'm going to dig into the exes a little, bit, <laughs> little later. Yeah. Sure. Also, that um, Harper's ex is kind of around, and apparently this is something she's done in the past, where it's like they were dating in high school, they were best friends, they were dating in high school, and they were sending like little love letters to each other. And um, Harper's friends saw one of the letters, and she was like, "Oh no, like Riley's just gay and obsessed with me," which is like, oh. My lord. Anyway, so yes, you're absolutely right, Dan. That is a huge, <laughs> that is a huge plot point. You're absolutely correct. So she does kind of have a track record for this. And then we get to our boiling point. All the sisters break down in a big family way. The father realizes what's, or the family realizes what's going on through a series of, I don't know, like people shouting things out, yeah, like there, declarations. There's a I lot guess. of information. That's yeah, like- there's a lot of information in that scene. Everybody's making. <laughs> Big declarations. Um, Harper finally realizes after telling Abby she wants space, which was a wild scene. Um, they end up together. Harper's like, "I, you're all I want. You're my family." They end up together. They have Christmas morning. The family. Dan Levy's also there. Yeah. It's like it's you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's a happy. It's a happy ending. Yeah, 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 is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, that pretty much sums it up. But I guess that this is, and we were talking a little bit before about this. Who do you think the villain of this movie is? Like, and oh, who, okay, who? good because I was watching the whole thing, going like. If they think there's a clear villain, I don't know <laughs> what. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, we're all on the same page with that. Yeah. I'm like, this um, feels like a lot of people making different mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I would say Harper is the character I definitely like the least. Um, <laughs> yes. Is like, actually, although a protagonist does kind of occupy what I would say is the villain role for most of it. Um I, I really can't think of another. Although, I mean, her sister is also Ooh. awful. Yeah, um, yeah, I had the, her the clocked. Whole, <laughs> Sloan, yeah. Yeah, 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 the older Sloan, sister. Yeah. Oh my God, Sloan is absolutely horrific, and everyone's a villain to Jane, sweet, sweet Jane, which I hope we do get to talk about. We will, oh, um, we'll talk about Jane. Oh my God, Jane, as far as I'm concerned, is the hero of this movie. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Probably on the spectrum in a way that no one understands or can reckon with. I mean, truly, just the best character. Um, yeah. So yeah, if I. If I had to pick a, a hero, or excuse me, if I had to pick a villain, I gotta say Harper. It's that's just what jumps out to me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm gonna take a slightly different approach because I think based on how the movie ends, where Abby and Harper get together at the end, and that is presented as the happy ending. Right. I think the movie intends for the uh, Harper's exes to sort of be the villains, in that they are the force that sort of like driving them apart right so riley Mm. i think riley i think is viewed as this interloper or someone who's trying to um drive them apart to a certain extent uh i don't think the movie oh (laughs) i think that's the movie's intent i am also agreeing Harper is the villain of this movie. Dude, I got to tell yeah. you, this is the first time, I will say this, this is the first time, because like, uh, it kind of speaks to what you were talking about before, Deanne, which is uh, that this Harper character is very, like, is very flat. Because I kept thinking, I'm like, this is the first time I've ever watched a rom-com where I was like, if Riley and Abby hook up, yes. forgiveness, forgiveness for everyone. <laughs> forgiveness yes. for everyone. They have such chemistry that I'm like, just That's do right. it. Do it. Like, I was so, I was honestly, I've never rooted for cheating in my life. And this movie, I was like, please, please just, just do this for me. Like, oh my God. Every time they were on screen, I was like, you guys, this is the movie. I'm with you. I mean, they have natural chemistry. It was leaping off the screen. Unlike, yeah. Unlike Abby and Harper. Um, Yeah. And that, in Craig, in your way, in terms of the, um, 
the characters that are driving our protagonists apart. I mean, we, I could also counter that it's Harper that's keeping Abby and Riley away from each other. Um, yeah. And although this is where the movie ends, I think we've all been in enough relationships and certainly lesbian relationships to know <laughs> things are gonna things are gonna mix up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Flash forward one more year, it's Abigail and Riley now. Or, or it's like, yeah, and I want Jane to find love too, but I just don't know with who. Oh, she yeah, I, I'm a big Jane yeah. fan. Yeah. I When yeah. they destroyed that painting, I oh was truly, I was, I was heartbroken for I think her. That I, was is, I think that is one of the most evil and thoughtless things that happens in this movie. It's it's num for me it's number two okay yeah. number one oh. is being outed by your sister yeah no that's number one for sure and then number two yeah. that's like that's a wild like you're literally like pulling each other's hair to be like I'm gonna I'm gonna out you that's crazy yes yeah and that's wrong but I think what what elevates the the painting destruction for me is it was a third party who was not involved in the argument that they they were currently having. Like, they yeah. just decide to bring their sister's thing in and destroy it uh, because they don't think of their sister at all. Um, the thing I'll say about Jane, and I wrote this down right away, was if I'm Abby and I'm in that situation where I'm in a weird partner's parents' house and everyone's acting weird and bizarre, I am hanging out with Jane the entire time. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I'm, I'm buddying up with Jane and being like, you seem cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you may be a little off and I might, you know, we might laugh a bit at that, but like, yeah, we're having fun and you're oh, going to be yeah. very kind to me. <laughs> we're going to go play checkers. <laughs> yes. Every time Jane was excited, like early on, she's meeting Abby and, and yeah, she's a little like socially weird, but she's like honest and sweet. And, um, she's meeting Abby and every time she's like excited about anything, everyone's like, settle down, Jane, settle down. Yeah. Like, they just don't let her experience any joy. Go fix the internet, Jane. And the thing, remember Abby's sleeping in the basement and they're like, oh yeah, it used to be Jane's room. Don't worry. And it used to be Jane's room in the basement because she had night terrors. So they just like put her in the basement. It's like horrible <laughs> neglect. And they also talk about how, oh, they just gave up on Jane in preschool. They're like, <laughs> they literally say that. They go, the only yeah. reason Jane, Jane turned out okay is because we gave up on her in preschool, which is just the neglect of the, this family. Unbelievable. Yeah, I would definitely say that the parents are definitely a villain of a sense. Yes. You know what I mean? They have yeah. sort like, they, there's, there's chaos that rotates around these people because they're everybody's trying to please them constantly. And it's Actually, like yes, now that we're talking it through, I mean they created Harper. I called yeah. Harper the villain, but we could take it back to the <laughs> or, Take it back it to the, birth. Or like. what's it called? I know I'm looking very ignorant on the on the network. Uh origin story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a happiest season origin story where yeah, it's just like, that, <laughs> nobody needed this. <laughs> because it's at just, once, I, Harper was once an innocent babe in those yeah. parents' arms, and they made her what she is. <laughs> oh, my God. We talk about, okay, so I would love to talk about what I think where this this Harper character, I was like, oh, we're already in unforgivable territory. Is it the opening scene? It's in the car, <laughs> okay? <laughs> in the car, all right? They're in the car. Because I understand, okay, here's the thing, is that I understand that her say, like, come, like, I want to wake up on Christmas with you, yeah, okay? sweet. I understand how an evening can get away from you. You know what I mean? You have a couple of cocktails, you say something, but you got to wake up the next morning and go, Okay, by the way, <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell you something. And if not the next morning, at least before you haven't left, you, you can't be in motion when this yeah. conversation's happening. You've trapped me. I can't go anywhere. It's 100% I'm in your car, okay? It's not like I'm driving you. You're driving me somewhere. I'm in your car. And you're like, by the way, I need you to lie for five days. <laughs> And I know you're not good at that. <laughs> yes. Which we find out very shortly afterwards is very true. When she said he's a milkman, I fucking lost it. <laughs> yeah, My she also pretends to be straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also it's, forcing it's her to pretend to be It's super manipulative. And it's like, okay, even if it was like, okay, I don't want to out myself yet. It's, it, I, I can't believe you're like, come to my house and don't be who you are. Yeah. That's a, it's that's w way overstepping. That's a, that's way too much of an ask. 
And it's an ask you do outside of the car before you get in. Yeah, and I mean, as Abby says, they were nearly there when Harper told her. And I'm, I get off, so on the rewatch of this movie, I get off board with Harper even sooner, which is. <laughs> the, the, when she goes on the roof. When she goes on the roof. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Be, because what you see there is a pattern of behavior. Mm. What What is there is she goes, I'm acting selfishly and doing what I want. And the person that is going to be hurt by it is my partner, Abby. Because Abby falls off the roof there. And like, you know, and is played for laughs or whatever. But on second watch, you go, this is what she does. She doesn't, she, she wants to go and have her fun, but she doesn't want to take responsibility. And the people that she loves end up getting hurt. It's, it's right on screen, right from that first scene. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think there's there's a lot of scenes that are great. Like in general, the movie makes a lot of sense, or at least explains itself. Right? It's a little bit like, well, why would I? If I'm your roommate, why am I coming home for Christmas with you? Well, I also told them you're an orphan, or you know, your parents are dead, or whatever. <laughs> Which so is true. Kind of, they do they do try to stitch it up a bit, but um, I. This is like to the side of of even what we're talking about, but I need to talk about it. I do not understand this movie in the context of 2020 or 2019. I'm not talking pandemic. I'm just talking about the fact that at that point, gay marriage has been fully legal in the U.S. since 2015. Um, And they don't paint the family as like overly conservative or Christian or anything, which is not saying like, oh, she can't, she's not like, I understand that she could still be afraid to come out, but certain things that they say just in my mind do not match up with the culture at large. You know, yes. at, at some point or, din- or at dinner, their, her mom is talking about um, her ex-girlfriend, Riley, that they, they never realized they were dating, but everyone in the town knows that Riley's a lesbian and her mom's like, oh, you know, that lifestyle choice or whatever. It's like, this isn't even how people talk in 2020. And like with the mayor's race and like, oh no, we have a gay daughter. It's like, if anything, and if they are Republican or conservative or whatever, if anything, they'd kind of put that gay daughter on display for like, look how diverse we are and we're accepting of all types of lifestyles. I just, that basic premise never made sense to me, the whole whole movie. And now that you mention it, it, there's something else that I noticed about this movie that, makes it structurally uh, uh, awkward, is I guess what I would say. So so there's that, which, because I think um, it's the director's, it, I think the director has said that this is sort of autobiographical for her. Um, so, you know, if you're at the point where you're making your own movies, probably this thing happened 20 years ago. Exactly. You know, so, so there's that yeah. weird disconnect. But mm. here, here's the other thing where the disconnect is and where I think so many people were unhappy with the ending, which is that Abby and uh, Harper get together. And that is, I think this movie wants to be from the point of view of Harper, where it's a movie of, look at me, I finally got the courage to be the person that I truly am, and I, I came out, and, um, and I got the girl, right? Like, that's the art. But... From a writing perspective, there's a problem where Harper already knows all her family and she knows her exes and everything like that. So the audience needs an in to that. They need a surrogate to be like, and here's my dad running for mayor. And here's my quirky sister. And Abby is that the the audience's surrogate in that. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because Abby is new to the family. <laughs> she gets introduced to everybody and we see how crazy it is. But the fallout of, so Abby becomes the main character of the movie. Oh, yes, certainly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Instead of Harper. But the fallout of that is that everything that Harper does, instead of being kind of like, oh, look at her grow and look at her realizing what's important, is just her being shitty to the main character. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that's a good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like they wanted to tell one story and they ended up telling the story of the person who was most wronged by it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why yeah. it doesn't doesn't quite mesh. But that that, that was kind of just my But you know, I haven't even thought about that easy fix. Like honestly, if you set the whole the whole movie like pre-Ellen, like pre-Ellen DeGeneres, it would make yeah. so much more sense. But you just can't set this movie when there's like drag race on television and <laughs> I mean just a million other like like there's just so much queerness in mainstream culture. Um that it's it's just strange. Yeah, I feel that. I w- I wasn't sure because I was like maybe this is a 
maybe this isn't a place that I haven't been. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, maybe this sure. is just some sort of pocket of culture I haven't come across. But yeah, like, I felt that weird as well. I was like, this yeah. seems... And, like, when they get to the slideshow kind of thing at the end, and it's like, oh, we're at the parade, and we're doing this, and it's like... These people just needed apparently a nudge. Like they, they didn't need it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just seemed like we were fighting against something that wasn't there. Of course. Well, that's yeah, the thing. It's like there's a world in which the mom, Tipper, like literally watches Shits Creek and loves David. And then Dan Leffy shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, this guy looks just like David. You know, like um, it just doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. They, they'd have to crank up either the rural aspect or, like, the hardcore Christianity aspect. Like, there are pockets in the U.S. where it's, like, deeply not okay to be gay, but they're a lot more, I think, kind of harsh or brutal yeah. than, than it looks here. And it, and if they do that, though, it ruins the happy ending, right? Because, <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> you kind of do get to like the family as the movie goes on, and, you know, you get the happy ending at the end where it's, like, they all um, sort of, get it and understand it and all become accepting literally within 24 hours. Like it's like Christmas Eve, this thing, the big fallout, the big fight happens and like Christmas morning they're spending together, you know, yeah. so less than 24 hours, less than 12 probably. Um, and I think like that's, yeah, to, to Deanne's point. Yeah. It, it's weird because it's such a small swing to make such a big deal over. But if you make them mean, <laughs> You don't want it. The happy ending doesn't work. That's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not great either. Like they're no. they've got some rich energy to them that they like. I got to read you the most rich sentence I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, I once took too many Ambien and bought a racehorse online. I was like, that's the richest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I've never heard anything richer. My yeah. God. <laughs> You're entirely right. Yeah. The whole family feels very much to me like they are decent people who have never been challenged to look at how they see the world at all. Like, because the second that they do, they're like, oh, I guess we were a little hard on our kids. Yeah, the turnaround was so quick. <laughs> it was like, I sat in my office for a few hours. <laughs> like, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> speaking of sitting in the office for a couple hours, I know that that is not the, the right reaction to have when your daughter comes out to silently leave the room and go sit. You should say, I love you and I accept you and all the rest. I will say in the father's defense there, there was a lot of other information that was being thrown at him <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and as someone who very quickly gets overloaded by too much information, <laughs> I kind of got it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'd probably have to go sit down if I watched one of my daughters <laughs> hit my other daughter with a painting that my other daughter made. Yeah. Like, that was a whole sequence of events. That's what I, I mean. If you, if you, you find out your daughters are actually the three stooges. This yeah. is the biggest piece of information. <laughs> That's exactly what that scene played like. Oh, my God. When ja Although, when Jane jumped in and she's like, I just want to be a part of things. I fucking lost it. I was like, incredible, Jane. Get ja in there. Does Jane the middle child by the way i feel like she is if i don't not. know oh that's I, interesting I'm, not sure. I'm saying this as a middle child that's why I'm yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i think it would make the most sense yeah she's got great and every time she talk about her book i'm like oh man you're like a comedian at a party being like so this other set i did <laughs> like we got one track and i'm glad it worked I mean, out with her and dan levy's character yeah we got to hear a bit of the book though and it Freaking rips! It sounds yeah, it like does. It sounds awesome. <laughs> Freaking rips! <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd read that book. I'd read that book for sure. Yeah, um, I do have one question for the whole team here, um, which is: there is a point at the movie where things are going very bad for Abby. She calls Dan Levy's character, and um, she says, "I don't know what I should do. Should I tough it out for it's two more days?" Do you tough it out for two more days in this scenario? Keeping in mind that this is a person that you have decided to marry. Well, remind me what prompts her to call. Is this after I think this Harper is after stays out with her friends too late or something? I think that's before. Oh, I'm trying to think. 
Because I, I, I'm only, I'm only, I'm only asking because I do think there's a point at which. Oh, I think it's the, the after the you're suffocating me and she stays out all night. Yes, yes, yes. Oh I yeah, yeah. Then I think get out of there, Abby. And not necessarily, you're not necessarily saying like, oh, I'm ending the whole relationship, but you're like, I have self-respect and I will not be treated this way. So yeah. I don't, I don't stay where I don't feel love and I don't stay where I don't feel cared for. I will see you later. Oh, the, yeah, you got that, your That's the move, out. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't, the audacity, that scene where she's like, okay, I stayed out too late. Okay, she, okay, so we've got Abby, like, tri- like almost like triple texter, right? Like, but like nice, you know what I mean? Like, love you, going to bed, like some very oh, basic wait. relationship shit. Because Harper specifically requests that she texts when she gets home. This isn't Abby just being like, I'm trying to bother yeah. you while you're out. She's like, she asked to know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then, like, the text thrown back at her is, like, home, night. Oh, no, you know what you're doing. Okay, yeah. you know, you got to put you gotta put a little love sauce on that. You got to put a little bit. And then, the, like, the wake up in the morning, it's like, yeah, like, it's your house. We're a couple. We normally sleep in the same bed. It's not creepy or weird or overbearing for me to be like, hey, you okay from last night? Just checking up. Like, are you okay? Like, are you hungover? Do you need a smoothie? Like, can I make you a grilled cheese? You know what I mean? Like, these are basic. She freaks out. I need space. You are not. I'm sorry. Like, unless the person is being a horrifying monster, you can't bring someone to your home, make them lie for five days and be like, I need space. No, I have no, there's no space to give. Where do I go? And also after staying out all night with your hometown friends and exes. And ex. Yeah. And ex, mm-hmm. which shouldn't be an issue. Uh, but like, yeah. And by the way, there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The whole scene of like, oh, I want to stay out later and you're, you want to go home. That's a normal couple thing, right? Like if, but only if none of the preceding things that had happened that day had happened. Where she gets uninvited to the party because her parents think that she was stealing something. Where um, Abby, uh, she, she, oh, she ditches her at the mall that same day. Like she goes and writes with her dad rather than going with Abby to the mall. She uninvites her and then is out with her friends and says, I'm gonna stay out a little longer. Like that's the third strike. You know what I mean? Like you need to kind yeah. of stand by. Oh, third, if not fifteenth. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? I'll, like I get that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? You beat that out. It's crazy how how far she goes down. I'm like, this is. But other than that, saying like, oh, I want to stay out with my hometown friends that you don't know, and you want to go back to the house is perfectly reasonable. But not if the vibe is. But I didn't really want you here to begin with. Right. Okay. And that's kind of how that scene plays for me. It's kind of like Abby shows up and then Harper's immediately like out. Like she's like, oh, like this is my song. And it's like, there's a way. Also, these people are just your friends. You can't tell your friends. Yeah. These aren't your friends. You know what I mean? These are these are not good people. Okay. If you're not like, hey, okay, like I'm not telling any, like I'm not telling my parents, but like this is or whatever. Or still make her your roommate, but you can still yeah. dance and have fun and hang out with your but roommate. But also, like, presumably it's 2020 or 2019 <laughs> when this is happening. Like, it's really a, a non-issue to these, like, metropolitan kids. Like, they are all born, I don't know, post-2000 or close to it. Maybe I not quite, want, but I did want to ask just... that question. Are these people supposed to be in their twenties? <laughs> I could not get a gauge. Oh, on that I had, at all. you know, I had no idea what age these people were. I was like 20, 30. <laughs> I am unsure. I'm very much at the point in my life where I'm like, there are movies about people in high school and then adults. Like I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea what twenty year olds are doing anymore. <laughs> That's true. I think they're meant to be in their twenties. Yeah, Abby definitely should have had the self respect to go home, but then the movie would have ended a bit abruptly and without a happy ending. <laughs> I kept wanting her to... Ki- I was like, go out with Riley. <laughs> go yeah. again, hang out yeah. with Riley again. Go, you guys have chemistry for days. My well, God. Well, that's the, this is the like a flaw in the movie, I think, is that like Harper treats Abby... Objection... Object- 
I was about to say objectionably, that's not what I mean, objectively, kind of awfully at various points throughout the movie, but then also in every scene that they're in, and I don't know whose fault this is, but they have zero chemistry. <laughs> so there's like nothing redeeming. You know, you're never like, oh, at least I hope these crazy kids make it. You're just like, why is this alien pretending to be in love with... <laughs> Kristen Stewart. <laughs> That's so fun. I think why I like the movie is because I really like Abby. Like, I really like her character. She's killing I think this it. Is, yeah. I think this is the first time, like, I've watched, like, because I haven't watched a lot of uh, Kristen Stewart movies. And, like, this is one for me where I was like, oh, you're, like, really charming. Like, I want to be, like, I'm on board with you. You have, like, this weird, like, lying thing. Yeah. Every scene. She, I was like, oh, I, like, really like this character. And watching her interact with Riley or other characters was always, you know, good and fun. And like I could I felt like I could really identify with her. But I think you're right. Like Harper was like I was screaming for a Riley hookup, like screaming (laughs) in my seat. Well, And it's funny you mentioned that because like the the two bar scenes, right? There's the the scene where uh, Abby goes to the bar with Riley and it's this like small, uh, you know, small little space with like a drag show going on. And there's a Riley knows where to hang. Yeah, I know where Riley goes and. Six, sits next to Abby on the bench, like uh, the little booth. And you're like, that kind of, it feels like, it feels like there's something going on here, right? Oh my God. And then she goes to uh, the, the bar with Harper. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you caught this, the name of the bar was Fratty's. Which yeah. I was just like, that's so <laughs> a bit much, a bit on the nose. It's, it's a bit much, but like, it's also small enough. To, there's also a scene where she literally hides in a closet. You know, it's uh, there's a few things that are on the nose about this. Um, but I will say about that bar, that bar scene. One, lots of chemistry with Riley, and you're like, yes, hook up. The other thing was, I watched this movie as I said, like December of like pandemic lockdown. And it was at the point where you really start to miss specific things that mm. you never thought you were going to miss, right? Like um, saying when to the waiter when they're putting pepper. Like you're like, I haven't done that <laughs> in months. <laughs> it's always been the exact amount of pepper that I want yeah. on my meals now. Uh, but this this scene specifically where I was like, I miss so much being in a small bar that is too small to be hosting live entertainment that is hosting live entertainment anyway, and me sitting in the back with my friend trying to have a conversation over it. And I was like, that is such a specific thing that this movie triggered in me. <laughs> Where I was like, I miss that so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to be asked to ask with some strangers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to go excuse me a bunch of times at a bar, please. <laughs> 100%. So Riley... I think we're all Team Riley. Oh, <laughs> big time, big time. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Deanne, Riley was done dirty by Harper very early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beyond. I mean, yeah. Outed in high school, and then everybody uh, kind of ca- uh, made an outcast out of Riley, and Harper just watched it happen. Yeah. Yeah, some truly chilling stuff. Because even if you don't want to out what's going on, you can just be like, oh, this is like a joke we do. Like, look how fast I lied. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's a way to just cover everybody if we're like, okay, well, obviously, like, I'm not going to, you know, out her. I don't want to out myself right now. I'm in high school. I don't feel it. Whatever. You got to lie for the team. Man, you can't just lie for yourself. That's that's madness. Okay? She really threw her under the bus. And Woo! and presumably their relationship went from so in love, like they're best friends, they're writing each other love letters. Overnight, it went from we write each other love letters to I have betrayed you deeply, and this is how yeah. it stays now. And just that intro line between Riley and Abby where it's just like, I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but like I think I know what's going on and I can sympathize or I get it like just that little like you know little little overture of just like she she, Harper is this kind of person and if you need to talk about it I'm here to talk about yeah for sure and I know it's like there's there's also this aspect of like this happened in high school they were also like young like it wasn't like senior it was like they were freshmen sort of thing but like I think Everybody could identify, like, you have one in high school that you remember that you were done really dirty by, and you're still like, ah. Like, every time you think about it, you kind of go, oh, I didn't like that. Oh, oh, wish I had to metabolize that at the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that feels like one of the, that's like, that's got to be Riley, one of Riley's biggest moments in high school, right? Like, that's the, that's oh. a huge betrayal. You don't forget that shit. No, I feel that's... like presumably she barely even had friends after that. Like, she was just like ostracized, and then that was high school. And but she's we... so cool that she still comes around. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Somebody did that to me. I'm like, I'm moving. Okay, I don't want to see your face around. I don't want to be here. I'm not attending the family Christmas at our yeah at at Harper's parents' place, where you know you're going to see Harper. Yeah, yeah, still so chill. Like, yeah, you know what? It happened. I'm okay. Like, I've I, I'm sick as hell. I'm still going to play. Also, can we just talk for one second? Uh, how evil White Elephant is. What a terrible game. I don't understand what it is, really. Okay, so White Elephant is a very, very mean gift game, okay? (laughs) It's mean, okay? Because what it is is basically, like, so one person starts, you pick a present, okay? You get to unwrap that present, everybody sees what that present is. The next person gets to decide if they pick a new present or if they steal your present, which basically just turns into this whole thing of, like everybody hates the gift you brought nobody's trading it and now it seems like you know what i mean the lump of coal that people keep passing or i go no i don't want it you have it and it's like this is a mean game yeah <laughs> don't do just do secret santa like normal people <laughs> buy one yeah. gift for an individual <laughs> Speaking of mean, also, it was like some, it was like the donor in the town or somebody unwraps Jane's gift. Someone who like has deep roots in the town, right? Um, Yes. Jane's painting, which is clearly of a main street. It's like a very good painting. And this person goes, what is it? It's the buildings you looked at every day your entire life. Like, Oh, 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 so all this thing that you're going on about community and how much our community matters and all the rest, you don't mean the actual community. You don't recognize your own Main Street in a painting form? (laughs) Like, that is absolutely a painting that gets hung up in, like, City Hall or the arena or something like that. You know what I mean? And you go by and you go like, oh, yeah, that's all right, I guess. Like... Yeah, it was pretty nice. I, I thought yeah, I was I, like, damn, I couldn't do that, man. Yeah, it's yeah, like going into go, like Smith. What is it? <laughs> what is- <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I can't. I cannot believe that. I love that. I at least love that Dan Levy's character is like, oh, actually, that's that's pretty nice. Like, yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, I couldn't. It's so funny to me how some characters are just seem disconnected from. The actual reality that's happening, like that one um, woman that was, uh, well, not I wouldn't say it was like an affair because they were going to split up. Yeah, they but knew like, about it. Yeah, they yeah, knew yeah. about it. But like that one counselor woman that's like talking to Abby at the mall and is like, okay. And I was like, oh man, we got to get some manners on us, girl. Just a hey, how you doing? That's all that's required here. And you can bounce out. Yes. Abby is grasping at straws like, <laughs> I, I've seen your face before. Please help me. I'm in a strange <laughs> town. Yes. Strange town. I, anybody, just a friendly smile. My God, how that family takes all their photos on an iPad is, I would say, the most, like, identifiable. That's a very... <laughs> like, I'm like, that's my family. I'm like, that's my family right that's there. A, it's a very mom thing to do, <laughs> for sure. So <laughs> holding it up and... Just holding it. You've got the full, like, uh, case on it and everything. There's no, She's out at events. She put it in her purse. Yeah. Like... Oh, I love that so much. And she just dumps on Abby, like blurry, boring. I'm like, what does a... <laughs> you set this photo up. How does it look boring? <laughs> Autofocus is great these days. It's very hard to take a yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah, there's no that. way. Unless you're blurry. moving it up and down like <laughs> really fast when you're taking it. It's very hard to take a bad photo. Uh, I have done it, though. I'm not... Uh, I just point a camera at things and I go, that's about what I saw and like move on. I don't care about film. So I'm, that's why I'm never on Instagram. Anybody who listened to this who has added me on Instagram, I never post anything because I do not give a shit about photos. Oh, uh, one time at a show, I had uh, this really shit, like I had this uh, like knockoff cell phone, whatever, and I had a big crack in it, right? And I was talking to this comedian, I was at this festival, and this comedian's like, oh, like, can you take a photo of me on stage? I really need a photo of me on stage. And I just kept telling him, I was like, like, my camera's pretty much broke it. Like, there's, it's not going to look good. Like, da-da-da-da. He's like, no, 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 please, please, please. Like, please do it. And, like, kept badgering me to take a photo of him on stage. So finally, I'm like, okay, dude. Like, I'll do it. So I took some photos of him on stage. And I sent it to him. And he goes, 
no, you were right. These are trash. And I was like, oh! <laughs> it's like, how many times do I have to tell you, dude? Like, my God. <laughs> oh, man. There is... So, Dan Levy, we haven't talked about a lot. Okay. Um, but... <laughs> I do feel like one, it's very funny, he's, he's, he's the voice of reason in the movie and like almost literally the voice because he's on the phone most of the, the movie and he's always telling Abby the things that she needs to hear, um, whatever that may be. But at the end, he kind of has this nice little speech about coming out and how everybody's coming out story is a little different and the point of it seems to be to tell Abby that she needs to be more understanding of what Harper is going through. And while I believe that to be true, I think you can, I think the other piece of advice that needs to be on the end of that is, but if you need that in a relationship right now, you're allowed to need it. Like if, if the fact that Harper has not come out to her parents is hurting you and hurting the relationship, that's an okay thing for you to say, this is a boundary for me. Am I wrong about that? No, but I kind of felt like that's how that was being displayed to me. Because that, that was, like, Abby's response right after that was, I need somebody that's ready. Like, I okay, need... Okay. And so, like, I think she took the correct message from that, which is, like, yes, I understand that, but this is what I need. Which is very fair, and I think yeah. I think that's kind she, of what he was trying to get at. Yeah, she does come right back in, and and Harper declares her love publicly in front of everybody, and Abby's like, "Yeah, no, I still got to get out of here." Fair enough. So she, that's right okay, after that speech, right. I think. Yeah, but Dan yeah. Levy's okay. character is uh, what's he called in the movie? Just John. He's great. It's he's so fun. Every scene with him is so good. I mean, there's like, I'm, I thought I didn't like this movie. Um, and then watching it again this year, I'm like, there's tons of it that's great. Like, there's tons mm. of scenes that are really funny. The writing is really funny. There's these little throwaway lines a lot of times, like at the end of scenes that are like laugh out loud funny. Um, any no, scene with Dan Emma. Levy's great? Yeah. He's so good. When he arrives he, and just starts, Abby! Like just yeah. A stranger's home starts screaming her name. I'm like, I have friends like that. That's yeah. great. And we have to have a conversation about a fish. The or fish. <laughs> yeah. So like if I wanted to buy the same fish for myself, where would I find? Which is such a nice, simple runner all the way through, which yes. is just that he's killed a fish that he's supposed to be You know, he, yeah, actually he's tying the whole movie together because there's also the tracking, the fact that he tracks everybody on his phone. Yes. And, oh. um, and, you know, at one point says to Abby, like, when are you going to get this? I am tracking you. <laughs> um, and then that's like, that's a pretty pivotal moment because that's how Harper finds Abby at the gas station sure. later to like deliver her speech. She's like, oh yeah, I'm tracking you. John showed me how or whatever. Um, Which is nuts that everyone's given permissions to this. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that'd be a no for me. That's a no. That's, that's going to be. No. Yeah, I was talking to somebody once and they were like, yeah, do you think that's like weird? Like my girlfriend's really insistent. And I'm like, ah, that wouldn't be for me. <laughs> that well, girlfriend me out stuff so much. maybe, but like, what are we talking about? Literally just sharing location or is it beyond yeah. that? Like I mean, constant sharing of location. Like not I like pinning, I'm here. I think a constant sharing of location. Well, you know what? This could be the pandemic talking, but I'm in a committed relationship and we're constantly sharing location. And to me, it feels more like a safety thing than like, mm. like we don't look at it, but like, I don't uh. know if she didn't come home one night, I might have a peek on where was her last location. Um, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> I'm just more like, I just want to head into the woods and nobody yeah. knows me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of well, have that. <laughs> of cell phone range that would happen right you just kind of it would yeah. be your last place that the cell phone tower pinged you yeah. um, i think there's something nice about it being voluntary though where you just go hey okay. just leave me in the bar you'd send a text me like leave me in the bar now be home in 30 minutes yeah yeah you know or hey running i a mean late. definitely like As the phrase tracking passive. is a bit much <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah that stresses me out <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else? I don't know. I, I maybe just the ex. Like, uh, uh, was it Connor? Um, I think oh. he, I think he's entirely blameless in all of this. Of course he is. he doesn't yeah. know anything. He gets invited and realizes when he's there, he's like, "Oh, you didn't know I was coming, did yeah. you?" And he was still holding a flame for her, which is fine. Presumably dumped because she's gay and she couldn't tell him. So he's always like, "What? Something weird's here, and I don't know what it is." Right. She kind of wants closure or whatever. Being I like, so thought she was going to tell him outside of the bar. 
Well, she should have. Ah, when they had that hang time on that moment, I was like, please. Yeah. And then Connor would have had a nice moment where he goes, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it all, like, you know, it, it all, it's like the seeing the Matrix. It all just falls into place. Every question he ever had about the relationship immediately resolved. He moves on a happier and healthier man. You know, like, it's <laughs> just like, why didn't she, like, what? why was she so weird? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, no, I would agree that, like, if we're talking about who the real villain is, it's Harper. And yeah. I don't think Harper's correct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. And, like, oh, I guess we didn't really get into Sloane, but, like... Oh, yeah. She was, like, the, the... And she was just kind of, like, wrong. She was just wrong. You know what I mean? Like, she obviously has her own things going on on the side. I was like, all of this family also seems like they need a group therapy sash. Like, just one. Honestly, it feels like that's all they needed. They needed one to crack this thing to get the ball rolling. Some honesty out there. Like, she's going through a divorce. Her children. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Why the only children? One? Yes! Okay! I was so freaked out by these children the entire I, time. I was like, what's wrong with these kids? I like, think the what? thing is, the director must have told them just never smile. Yeah. And Whoa. that's why they seem so creepy, because they're always just, like, staring straight ahead, and they're never smiling. Because um, they're cute kids, but yeah. it's just, like, they're cute, but they're chilling. Like, it's very jarring. And I think I think they did the movie did a very good job with Sloane of like making you realize who she was right away. Like I think mm. one of her first lines of dialogue is Harper yawns in in the kitchen in the morning and Sloane is just immediately on it being like, "Oh, you're tired. Uh I I have something meaningful to get out of bed for." <laughs> like talking about her kids Woo! and I was just like, "Okay, yep. Yep. <laughs> no, I we understand exactly who you are. Your children are your entire identity. Uh you look down on other people because, you know, they don't have it or whatever and like massive insecurity and competitiveness over somebody yawning, not even complaining, "I'm so tired." I think there's a little bit of room for some snark if you complain to a parent that you are tired. <laughs> Oh, you know what I mean? no, no, and they, no. they can be like, but when you I literally just have like an involuntary bodily response. <laughs> yeah. No, snark is reserved for the PM. Okay. You can't AM snark me. No, 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 no. I got no time in the morning for that. That is yeah, and deeply I hate, too much. This is, this is the thing where it's like, you know, it's you're home for Christmas or some other holiday and you, you know, you've been up till like midnight or 1 p.m., you know, sneaking in the old liquor cabinet, having a few rides with the family. And then you wake up the next day at like nine. <laughs> and your yeah. parents are, you're like, oh, sleeping in, eh? And I'm like, this is, I'm on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> sleeping in until nine isn't, a, the fact that you were up at six is not what the world does anyway. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's still single digits, mofos. <laughs> <laughs> Nine is early as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I I agree. But anyway, (laughs) different strokes for different folks. Uh, Yes. So I think we're uh, probably about ready to give our definitive ranking of how good the villain is. What do you got? Okay. So I've got the uh, made up boyfriend scale uh, because that was I love Milkman as a made up boyfriend is truly hilarious. (laughs) I love that so deeply. I'm going to be ranking the dad because I was like, okay, the dad's kind of the center of this. So um, from a uh, part-time singer and astronaut to a vacuum salesman, I am going to give uh, the father a old-timey fence painter because he's just trying to make things nice, but you're getting lead everywhere, buddy. You got to calm down. You got to relax. This is toxic. This is toxic. I love it. Deanne, do you have a ranking for us? Yes, that's very good. That's very specific. My ranking is much less specific. It was going to be, but you already did the dad. Um, I thought Harper was the villain, but then I did realize, you know what? It's probably the parents are the deeper villain. And then if we're really going to get into it, they're the way they are because they had parents too. I mean, you know, how far back do we want to go? Um, <laughs> but Just I think be like, you, you did the you. dad, but I ha- now I do believe that it's like the parents are the villains because they made not just Harper, but also Sloan and are deeply neglectful of beautiful, beautiful, sweet Jane. So, um, but you've already ranked the dad. So I'll just go ahead and rank Harper and I will give her four out of five dead fish. <laughs> I know she has nothing to do with the dead fish, but the dead fish are a theme. She gets four out of five. (laughs) 
love it. I like that. Uh, so I did the uh, the closet scale. Uh, so from being forced to the closet, the closet scale. So from a broom closet to a walk-in closet, I'm going to be ranking Riley here on a uh, throw, and I'm going to give Riley a uh, throwing your coat on the bed at a party because they're open and accessible, and sometimes you go home with some, the one you didn't come with. <laughs> so that's my Riley uh, thing, and uh, we're going to we're going to get to. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, recording a little earlier than usual, everybody. Um, we're going to get to uh, our heroes and villains of the week in a minute. But first, a couple ways that you can support the podcast. So, uh, first of all, if you have some money to support the podcast, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Villain Was Right. And if you don't know what Patreon is, we talk about it all the time, but <laughs> we never explain what it is, uh, which is something I realized. Um, it is a monthly subscription service that allows you to contribute to uh, the artists that you like, including this podcast. And in return for that, you get um, some amazing benefits from us. So at our highest uh, level, $7 a month, you get not one but two bonus episodes every month, uh, a Craig pick and a Rebecca pick. Um, so, uh, you know, you can check that out. They're movies that we don't cover on the regular podcast and movies where the villain was maybe not so right. Uh, just fun movies we want to talk about. Uh, so you can check that out as well as you get other benefits such as uh, early release of episodes, get them Tuesday rather than Thursday, and uh, the ability to vote on our audience choice episodes. And guys, if you want to get in touch with us. As always, you can follow us at VWR Podcast on Twitter, Villain Was Right on Facebook, and Villain Was Right at gmail.com if you want to just slip into that inbox. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week. What do you got for us, Greg? Yeah, so uh, I got a hero for the week. It's it's uh, not very funny or anything, but it's just it's my it's mental health is oh. kind of my hero of the week. So um, just to sort of give some backstory on this, I uh, uh, in August uh, 2020, I uh, I you know middle of the pandemic, middle of uh, sort of uh, lockdown and not seeing people for a while, um, I put together this pitch for like a TV thing that everyone was submitting to because I really felt like, oh, I've got the time and everyone's doing it and I should be doing it too. And I put this pitch together and um, I really pushed myself and worked hard and, you know, like worked longer and harder than like I really wanted to. Uh, and then I submitted it. I hit submit and felt nothing. Whoa. I felt no relief from having done it. I felt no sense of accomplishment. I felt... Uh, nothing, and it bummed me out for months. It stopped me from doing other projects. It it really dug me in a hole, and like went to therapy and realized one, I'd been pushing myself too hard up to that point, and what I should and shouldn't be doing is is a whole thing that I need to decide. But um, it really was like the moment I can put a pin on that just wrecked me uh, for for many many months. Um, but just recently, this week, as we're recording this, I submitted for another uh, big project. And uh, I, uh, I'm not going to say what it is. It doesn't matter. It's a long shot. It is a Hail Mary. It is. It would be cool to get, but uh, it might not work out. But the difference in the way that I felt, I really legitimately cared about this project. I, liter I really legitimately enjoyed the work that I put into it. And even though I pushed myself the same amount as I did, like, in the August project, and even though um, you know I worked a little longer and a little harder, like pushing myself, I was like the work that I put into it was really satisfying. And when I hit submit, I was ecstatic and I was so happy. And I was like, this is something I care about. This is something I should be working on. This is something where even if it doesn't work out, I may try and do it on my own some way, you know. And I was just like, oh, just the difference between those two events. I'm like, oh, I can. I can still do this. I can still push myself a little bit and get something done, and I can be happy with the work that I did. That's my hero of the week. That's huge. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's huge. That's so nice. What a positive, sunny. I know. 
<laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear the good ones yeah. instead of the funny ones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Deanne, what do you? Do you got a hero or a villain for us? Well, this week? weirdly, I have something related. Um, uh, but also, I need to back up a little bit. Now I don't remember exactly what you said, but I was also going to make Rebecca the hero because the way you transitioned, it felt like full professional radio where I, right before you went into Craig, you were like, uh, I don't know, you gave some bit of information about the podcast. I wish I could replay, but you're like, and the podcast. And now over to you, Craig, what do you have for the hero villain of the week? Like it was seamless. It was gorgeous. It was professional. And it harkened back to radio days. So, um, Rebecca's the tiny hero of right now, but, um, Thank you. <laughs> In general, okay, I'm going to try to be brief about this, but this is deep, this is personal, and this is generational Ooh. trauma. Let's get into it. So yeah. um, I'm I'm my own hero this week, uh, but in part because I've done so much goddamn therapy that I am creating space. I'm less reactive, and new neural pathways are firing up. So here is the thing that kicked this all off, and this is quite, um, quite deep and intense. So... Um, my grandma, my dad's mom, died probably about 20 years ago, maybe a little less than 20 years ago. In these 20 goddamn years, two fucking decades, um, my dad has kept her house. Like, he's paid to mow the lawn. He's paid to clear the snow. He's paid to do everything. Um, and yet not gone through any of the things in the house, not sold the house, just kind of preserved it there in amber like a fucking creep. And all, all this time we've been like, Dad, we got to, we'll help you with the house, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and so, and I was really, really close to that grandma. She was like, we were, we were absolutely in love with each other. It was very adorable. And I think we both believed there was some serendipity and kind of crossing paths. You know, I'm new on the planet. She's on her way out, but we got to hang out for about 20 years, which was very cool. Um, and anyway, so I love this grandma very much, love her memory very much. Um, recently went to the house because my, also my dad the whole time is like very authoritarian, very kind of like, nobody can go in there. I have the only keys, you know, you don't defy me, all this kind of stuff. So we kind of like bowed to this crazy king for, for most of my life. And, um, recently my dad has been, um, he's in a nursing home and my sister got the keys and basically told me to go check out the house. You know, we're going to sell it, do what you got to do. So I went up there and the thing is so sadly in a state of disrepair, like, because no one's been checking in on it. So it's like, there's like mold everywhere, but it's really creepy because it, you walk in and it's like, it's like someone left yesterday. All the furniture right. is there. There's books on the shelves. There's jewelry in the drawers. It is a house. Um, yet in this very strange state of, of disrepair. Um, and I realized like, wow, it's pretty unnatural to like walk into your grandparents' house where you have so many good memories and then, but just see it in this, like, oh God, it's just like, it's like mortality right in your face. You know, it's like all things will decay. <laughs> Nothing stays the same. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh my God. So I was so deeply upset by this on every level. And I was just like blaming every, like I'm driving away from the house being like, you know, fuck my dad. Like no one cares about my grave. It, it, it called up all these things in me that was like, um, Mm. Yeah, long story short, but basically kind of triggered me feeling uh, abandoned by my family in the way because it was like they don't care about my grandma and, you know, she's so deeply important to me. This is just this is neglect. This is abandonment. These are all these things. But instead of, you know, just like having these feelings and thinking they were right, I drove in silence for probably about two hours on my way, leaving my grandma's house and just guess what? Had this radical thing where I felt my feelings, <laughs> allowed them to be valid, you know, <laughs> had a little cry, all these things I've learned in therapy, but also eventually came back around because I wasn't like, I didn't immediately call my sister or immediately, you know, whatever kind of vent about it, but just came back around to like, even the story I'm telling myself about, you know, my dad neglected my grandma, all this stuff. It's like, actually, if I want to take like the most compassionate view, this is a guy that had an obviously very complicated relationship with his mother and like, lit, like can't even go there, like literally can't even go there to sort through like what it means to him to have to like dismantle her things and, you know, sell them or put them away or do whatever. It's not that, it's not that he doesn't care. It's that he like actually cares so deeply and is so stuck in whatever his own problems are. Um, so that's like the biggest thing that happened to me this week is I had this like this huge, deep, weird, like, you know, thinking about family patterns and all this kind of generational stuff. Um, and 
came to a place where it's like, oh, okay, trying to understand it, trying to get it, and feeling a little more peaceful, which I could not have done without literal years of therapy. So maybe therapy, yeah, therapy is the hero, not just me, but I also want to give, <laughs> I also want to give myself too. credit. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that thank you. That is actually beautiful. Thank yeah, you thank you for so that. much for sharing that. That was really, um, I'm... I, I what I'm about to follow it up with personally <laughs> is I just much literally had, I, had, I had nothing <laughs> else. I mean, that's really like the main thing this oh, week. So, I, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. No, absolutely. Mine is so light this week. Like Good, so perfect. casual. <laughs> perfect. Okay. So basically, I don't know. Is this woman a hero or villain? I don't know. She is. Uh, so basically what happened to me this week that I found uh, mildly entertaining I was, uh, I had a show, and you know when you just had a long week of shows, and you're at, like, I had, like, last week, I think I had, like, ten shows. I reached the Sunday. It was my last show. I was headlining. They put an intermission right before me. I'm like, it's midnight. It's Sunday. I've had this weird show. I get off stage. One of my buddies is like, oh, do you want to have a drink? And I was like, yeah, I do. Okay, I know it's Sunday, it's midnight. I'm going to have a drink. This has been the longest week. I am so tired, right? So, but we're like the last people pretty much in this. Like, this place is empty. It's kind of connected to another restaurant, but it's pretty much empty, whatever. So now, uh, when you're a comedian and you're at a bar and nobody else is there, of course, the free shots start flowing immediately because these bartenders are like, you're my buddy now. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, let's go, right? So I get out a little tipsy whatever and I get into and I, I I gotta go pee I go to the bathroom and I hit the door with probably a little more force than I should because like I'm I'm you know what I mean like I'm in the, I think no one's here like I'm like no one's in this bar right because I don't even realize it connects to another restaurant so I slam open one of the stalls and I hit a woman like pretty hard <laughs> like I, I boom I like hit this woman and I'm like oh my god like I start freaking out I'm like oh my god I'm so 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 sorry like she's full still on the toilet like I'm like I'm so sorry this woman's kind of like slowly reciting she's like Oh, yeah, like, uh, no, 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 don't worry. I should have locked it, like, kind of thing, right? So I get into the stall next to her, and I'm sitting down, and I'm like, there's this long silence, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to say sorry one more time. I feel so bad, right? And I'm just like, just one more time. I just want to tell you, I am truly so sorry. And this woman goes, nah, don't be sorry. You did me a favor. You woke me up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. my this God. This woman had full passed out, <laughs> peeing on the toilet, and I just, like, knocked her into reality. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, so that was my evening that night, and I had a hearty laugh about that. Wait, who's and the it, hero and who's the villain in this story? I, I guess maybe I'm her hero. I'm I don't hero. know. Her I just knocked her open. Compared to waking up in a bar when they've shut the lights off and not... Oh, yet. can you imagine? <laughs> You're the hero. You're the hero. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, just, I guess that's the other place that was going. I mean, you didn't think yeah. she was there. Man, oh, that would be fascinating if they just shut the whole <laughs> yeah, bar she around just, her. <laughs> just I've heard up. it happening to people Ooh, before. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. I saved her from not just being in my own drunken state helped her get Love out it. of hers. Wow. Anyway, that drunk, was... <laughs> drunk helping drunk. That's, uh... Yes, guys. Anyway, uh, that's it for us. As always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any platform of your choosing. Yeah, Deanne, where people can get in touch with you. Any shows coming up? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm at Deanne underscore Smith most places. Also, just Google it. The most the most successful Deanne Smith out there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like you said off the top, this weekend I'm at the Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, which is literally my favorite club in the country. It's so lovely. Um, so come see me there or come to my monthly show, Deanne Smith and Acquaintances. Um, at this point, the next one's in January. I don't know exactly when, but uh, it is fun, man. We've been running it the whole pandemic and we're still going so it's just a bunch of introverted comedy nerds and it's you'll probably fit right in awesome. <laughs> whoever's yeah, listening to this yeah <laughs> and you of course can follow me at uh, craig Fay comedy on facebook twitter and the brand new craigfay.com finally got the podcast on there so yeah yeah well you uh this has been us for the villain was right next week you guys can uh catch us on our episode for jingle all the way Ooh. we're continuing our uh christmas movie month is i guess what well, kind of christmas movie month i guess um and guys that's it for us uh this is the villain was right reminding you in a world full of harpers find yourself a riley <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Rivemi for the From Superheroes Network. 
For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.